podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all over the UK. And we are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best, hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount site-wide at hockeyartco.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. This is episode 50. Half a century. Unbelievable stuff. And we've got a great episode this week. We've got, as per usual, all the Britain division action, those exclusive coaches' thoughts as the Jets and the Bucks have a double header, the Stars visit the Devils and then host the Red Hawks, and the Thunder host the Chieftains. Plus, we have a guest. This week, we are padding up and jumping in the pipes with Stretton Red Hawks netty Danny Milton. We'll be chatting with Milts about everything and anything. And as you know, goalies are a crazy breed, so it could go anywhere. Let's get started on this week's reports then, and we will start with the early face-off down in Gosport as the Devils welcomed the Stars. Granite Ice, Gosport, the venue then as the Oxford City Stars make their first trip down to the south coast to face the Solent Devils. A few players not icing for both sides, but both still with enough firepower to roll their lines. On the smaller ice, as tends to be the case at the Cauldron, the game started fast as the home side pushed ahead early as Sutton slots home under Miller, assisted by Peacock from behind the net on 134. Shortly after the goal, Llewellyn took two for cross-checking, but the Devils killed the penalty. The Stars did equalise, however, on 7.01 when the puck broke loose off Taylor in front of goal and Bailey Hine pitcher was on hand to tuck the puck home for 1-1, even-handed. The first remained competitive with chances at either end, but the period was drawing to an end. The Stars stole the impetus and took the lead on 18-23 when Josh Abbott and Bailey Hyde pitcher assisted Dylan Hullaby, whose close-range shot squirmed past Taylor and put the American on the scoring board for the first time this season. His performances have been improving of late and he seems to have finally settled in the Britain division. Into the second and the Devils brought the game level with a bit of a goalmouth scramble that was eventually finished off by Jack Peacock. Assists to Ryan Sutton and Harry Cloutland on 24-22, 2-2 even-handed goal. The Stars had Ross Miller to thank for keeping it that way and had to kill a late slashing penalty after Tom Banner sat for the last part of the period. Miller facing a total of 22 shots in the second. Into the third and another early goal as the Stars retook the lead when Stevens laid on for Danny Williams to make it 3-2 on 43-04 even-handed. As Oxford were looking to close the game out, the home side struck again when Kane Russell scored, assisted by Drew Campbell from the face-off and sniped into the top corner on 54-37. As both teams looked to push for a winner, a show of slashing between Sutton and Mitchell saw penalties and a reaction from Dan Lackey as he saw issue with Mitchell seeing penalties for both, so we have a little period of four on four. Just as it seemed overtime was coming, the Stars found themselves another man down after Banner took two for delay of game. The Stars held strong and the buzzer sounded, giving us the extra five minutes. Stars had to kill the remaining 115 of Banner's penalty and then we returned to three on three. But on 63-53, the Devils' forward line literally pushed their way through 
and in a smash and grab took the extra points when Mason Wilde and Alex Murray assisted Liam Coleman with a lovely tuck back for the winning overtime goal. Heartbreak for Oxford who travelled back home to face the Red Hawks with a point to prove. Man of the match to Ross Miller and Liam Coleman after the Devils' overtime victory. Alex Murray gave me his thoughts after the game. Yeah, obviously the weekend against Oxford, it was nice to get back to winning ways. I think after two defeats, the champs were on the back back to back. We were, you know, definitely looking at this one as a as a must win, even so early in the season. I think Oxford at home is a game that we should be winning with no disrespect to Oxford, but we've got to think ourselves, you know, favourites in most games at, at Gosport and and I made it um pretty clear to the guys that it was a must win. I think I couldn't have asked more from the performance, albeit we we had to get the two points in overtime. I think that was that was mainly down to uh, Miller in net for Oxford, who who turned away over sixty shots. I think almost. I mean, we outshot Oxford two to one and in the game entirely, and 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 the guys played a played a hell of a game. I think what we need to now start to to you know sort of get out of our game are those little mistakes that are are keeping the opposition in games when when we're entirely dominant. I think you know. All through the lineup, we had some great chances, but ultimately, at some points in the game, we're staring down a defeat. And you know, a couple of minutes to go in the game, we're, we're three-two down. I don't actually know how we were three-two down, but that, you know, that's hockey. Sometimes, you know, you don't you don't always get the puck go your way in terms of bounces and in the back of the net. And the guys showed again some resilience. Came Russell coming up the big goal to take us into overtime, and then Liam Coleman, who does his thing in, in overtime, takes us takes us, you know, to the victory in the end. But ultimately, you know, other than, you know, other than a few minor mistakes that I felt led to some of their goals, I thought overall we played a great game and and it's good to get back on evens, you know, three wins, three losses now and we're you know, we're back in with that pack. It's a little bit strange because we haven't played as many games as others and, you know, we're not in the additional cup game which uh, cup competition, which I think that's the reason why we you know, we haven't got as many league fixtures under our belt yet but as long as we can keep within that middle pack we'll, we'll push hopefully on and we'll keep getting stronger this group and that's the great thing about this team is that we're, we're relatively new and finding our lineup and and that means we can only get better with it and this weekend we got a great test against Slough who started the season red hot and it's great to see they're a, they're a good great young team and we'll be going to the hangar and hopefully you know putting a performance that's worthy of the two points. To the hangar then as the Bucks and the Jets go head-to-head over this weekend, starting in Slough. The home side had their retro jerseys out again and the fans expected a classic performance as two of the youngest rosters clashed. The Jets took penalty after penalty in the first after Christian Moore sat for two for boarding on 4.56, Captain Connor Redmond for hooking on 8.19 and the returning Luke Smittle for interference on 11.19. The Jets killed all three. However, as the period was coming to an end, the ever-impressive Brindley Caps went unassisted on 18.36 to give the Rumford Buccaneers a 1-0 lead. Into the second, the Jets had a power play opportunity after Dervish took two for hooking on 23.42. The Bucks killed the penalty, but after returning to full strength, they succumbed to the Jets' pressure and Luke Smittle marked his return with an even-handed goal, assisted by Jacob Minter on 28.27. Immediately after the goal, the Buccaneers were back on the power play after Liam Clark took two for tripping on 28-41. However, similar to the first goal, literally a second after the Jets returned to full strength, the Bucks moved ahead again after Robinson and Pascali assisted Tom Wilson on 30-42. Christian Moore took two for hooking on 37 flat, but the penalty kill teams were earning their money this evening. 
who returned to five on five and Jack Goodchild scored on 39-18, assisted by Smithsell and Minter to make it 2-2. Little took an illegal equipment penalty right at the end of the period, so the Bucks would start the third on the kill. The kill in the third didn't hold out for long as Jack Goodchild got his second unassisted on 40-19 to give the Jets the lead for the first time in the game. Fans may remember the unforgettable playoff semi-finals these two gave us last season. That vein was being continued as straight from the restart, the Bucks pushed hard again and equalised through Brindley Caps for 3-3 or 40-59. The frantic style of the game continued and five minutes later the visitors retook the lead when Taylor and Maguire assisted Joe Tamarlin on 46-48 for 4-3. The game swung again from the restart as Luke Smitter went unassisted for his second of the night on 48-47 4-4, even-handed goal. Both sides took penalties on 50-49, Smittle for roughing and Taylor for holding the stick. And after they left the box, Lindgren went in for tripping on 54, but the Bucks had another power play chance that the Jets killed off. On 58 flat, Buckman called a timeout, but neither side could find the winner, so this game also went to overtime. And it was the home side that took it on 60-58, Jack Goodchild and Jacob Minter assisting Seb Moore for 5-4 and an overtime win. A thrilling game, and it's all back to the Sapphire for tomorrow. The second game of this doubleheader continued in exactly the same fashion as Saturday night, but it was the Jets that struck first, this time after Luke Smith had assisted Seb Moore on 3.45 to make it 1-0. The Buccaneers showed some real character to keep their heads and get back on terms when their two young hotshots combined as Joe Tamala assisted Brindley Caps for 1-1 on 5.23. The Bucks then had a power play opportunity after Lindgren got seated for tripping on 6.06, but the Jets killed it off. The game swung back their way on 13.56 when Christian Moore assisted the now-free Timo Lindgren to give the Jets the 2-1 lead. However, it was short-lived as the Romford, Ronnie and Reggie to Marlin and Caps assisted Pascali even-handed on 15.03 to make it 2-2. Towards the end of the period, a hit from behind by Christian Moore earned him 5-plus game, so the Jets had to start the second on the kill. Into the second and penalties were exchanged as Seb Moore took two for delay of game, the Rumford bench took two for too many men, and Smithle took two for roughing. But when both sides are even, Rumford took the lead when Pascali went unassisted on 28-24. Seconds after the goal, Shea Woolmore took two for interference, and on the power play, Soper and Goodchild assisted Seb Moore to make it 3-3 on 30-30. Smithle and Dervish both sat for roughing on 32-26, and then the Jets retook the lead through Jack Goodchild, even-handed and assisted by Seb Moore and Liam Clark, 4-3 on 33-16. Taylor and Soper both sat for roughing on 36-20, and then the game really ignited. On 37-28, Lewis English made it 5-3. On 39-20, Smittle made it 6-3, assisted by Goodchild and Lindgren. And just before the buzzer, Seb Moore completed his hat-trick to make it 7-3 on 39-42. During the Selly, Smittle got himself 2 plus 10 for unsportsmanlike conduct, meaning the Jets would start the third on the kill. However, when the start of the third was delayed, the Romford bench received a two-minute penalty, so we were four on four. After those penalties were killed, Sam Austin took two for elbows on 43.04, and on the resulting power play, the Jets pushed further ahead when Goodchild assisted Jacob Minter on 44.31 to make it 8-3, power play goal. The Buccaneers then took further penalties with Joe Tamarlin sitting, twice later joined by Austin and Robinson, Goodchild, Soper and Seb Moore for the Jets, but the victory was confirmed in the power play of the Austin penalty when Jacob Minter smashed home for 9-3. A convincing win for the Slough Jets, another four-point weekend, and they certainly had to work for it.
onto Sunday night as the Oxford City Stars hosted the Streatham Red Hawks and another packed crowd at the Oxpens, especially given the result the last time the Red Hawks were in town. And a frantic start to the game saw Czech and Milton both called into action. The Stars had a power play chance on 5-16 when JJ Pitchley received two for boarding, but the Red Hawks killed the penalty and after returning to full strength, immediately took the lead when Inglesby and Ben Ely Newman assisted Luke Brittle to make it 1-0. On 14-24, Mitchell took two for boarding for Oxford and on the power play, Streatham extended their lead when Josh Ely Newman scored assisted by Sam Waller, 2-0 on 14-53. The visitors had another power play opportunity when Tom Banner sat for holding on 16-41, but eight seconds into the power play, it was 4-on-4 as Pitchley received two for holding. The game remained tight until the final minute of the first when Luke Brittle got his second of the game to make it 3-0 on 19-27, assisted by Ben Ely Newman, and then a buzzer beater with literally 0.1 left on the clock from Thomas Skoken, assisted by Ben Painter and Sam Waller, end of the first 4-0. Into the second and some technical issues means the live stream was withdrawn and the Stars looked to iron out their own technical issues. Hullaby forced a good blocker save from Milton and then Marcus Mitchell and Ben Ely Newman disagreed and after some 50 fisticuffs, both sat for five. Ely Newman the extra two for instigation. After the penalties were killed, Stretter made it 5-0 when player coach Ben Painter scored, assisted by Skokan and JJ Pitchley on 28-15, tipping in past check from close range. On 32-46, Callum Burnett took two for slashing, and in the resulting power play, Oxford pulled one back when Tom, Ra- Tom Ravenscroft scored, assisted by Harris and Hatfield, to make it 5-1 on 33-57. However, the champs stretched their lead again when Ethan Lane, announced on game day as a two-way player with the Blackhawks, tucked away for 6-1 with Brittle and Ben Ely Newman on the assists on 37-09. On 38-27, Skokan took two for roughing. The visitors finished the second on the kill and will start the first 30 of the third with four players. At the start of the third, after returning to full strength, Streatham had a goal chalked off by the officials and then found themselves pegged back to 6-2 when Bailey Hind pitcher scored, assisted by Stevens and Harding on 42-25. As the third ebbed and flowed with chances for both sides, even an escapee puck that left through the smallest of gaps, the hockey was good quality and good flow. However, the Red Hawks put the game to bed when young Ethan Lane netted his second of the evening, making it 7-2, assisted by Luke Brittle on 57-06. And that's how it finished at the Oxpens. Streatham player coach Ben Painter spoke to ZPG. Yeah, we went uh, back into Oxford um, after a bit of a disappointing uh, defeat there a couple of weeks ago. Um, as they've shown, they're a team that can, can play this year. They're, they're much improved. And we knew that when we're going in there, we have to we have to be at our best and we have to... We have to raise our game from our last performance and that goes for every team in this league. This league's shown already that anyone can beat anyone on any night. Um, and yeah, we, we I'm, I'm over the moon really. The, the boys did exactly what I asked. They went in there with the right mindset, the right tempo, the right sort of attitudes and and we, we led the led the, after the first period 4-0. Um, and I just think it shows when we buy in and play the way that we can play and, and play stick to our systems and with the right intensity and the right work rate that that we can we can dominate most teams in this league and we can and we can sort of put our plate self in a position where we're going to win a lot of games so yeah i mean from a from an individual's point of view everyone everyone sort of bought in i don't think anyone really had a night off and it was it was good to see that 
I sort of put let 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 the question sort of to the boys and and asked them who's gonna who's gonna show up because we've got some depth and ice time's not a guarantee. So yeah, it was it was good to see that that boys stepped up and and we played as a unit and played as a team and there was no no one being selfish and we played the right way. Um, we gave young Ethan Lane his his debut. Um, he's been playing with the Blackhawks the last the last sort of year. Um, come from our under 18s and. He scored two goals on his debut and he played really well um, and just shows sort of the, the quality we got coming out of our, our juniors and, and how we, we want to be bringing juniors through. So, yeah, really pleased with him. I know the boys are really pleased. Um, quite a nice moment for him to be able to, to play on the same team in the same game with his two brothers, Nate and Jordan Gregory as well. So, yeah, that was a, a pretty special moment for them. And it was, um, yeah, overall, I'm pleased with the performance and looking forward to going to Chelmsford next Saturday and, and seeing how we get on there. The final game of the weekend was at Planet Ice Milton Keynes, where the Thunder hosted the Chieftains and Lewis Clifford had his shortest away trip of the year so far. A fast start to the game saw Cam Bartlett call Bradfield into early action and the early pressure came off when Pickering and Hitchings assisted Holden Barnes Garner as he smashed home from the right circle on 159. The Chieftains looked particularly good on the forecheck and were forcing mistakes from the Thunder and when Bulldog tucked the puck down the boards, Damon Porter swooped in down the left and dangled a lovely finish inside Bradfield's near post for 2-0 on 7.39. After the restart, Barrow took two for tripping, but the Chieftains couldn't capitalise. A flowing game with few stoppages, but as we headed into the final minute, a good break by MK saw Dickinson slip through Hayden Hagger, who finished through the five-hole from close range on 19.09. From the restart, MK very nearly levelled after Hagger fed McCormack on the odd man, but Jordan Lorde stopped brilliantly. Into the second and a quiet start as the visitors looked unsettled and were making uncharacteristic defensive errors, but MK were unable to make them pay. On 33-13, a hit on the board saw Austin and Rayner throw down for a short while, seeing both go to the box, but Rayner get the extra two. After killing the penalty, Chieftains extended their lead when Pentecost cut into the centre from the left circle and finished neatly for 3-1 on 35-53. Into the third and the Chieftains extended their lead further very early after neat attacking move saw Cam Bartlett circle round to the point, sweep a shot goalwards, which after coming off Bradfield's shoulder was tucked in on the rebound by James Pentecost, 4-1 on 40-44. Additional assists to Grant Bartlett. A few minutes later and really neat play from Porter and Barnes Garner set Ollie Baldock flying across the attacking zone, deking inside and smashing home for 5-1 on 45-26. As the Chieftains were attempting to pen the Thunder in, a mistake on the blue line by Dan Fay allowed Harry McGarvey to break away and finish neatly for 5-2 of 53-28. As the game drew to a close, Rayner was given 5-plus game for an illegal check on the Thunder defensive blue line. Seemed to be an unfortunate collision more than an attempt to injure, but the call was made. A few fiery words were exchanged on the benches, and after the restart, the Chieftains very nearly grabbed a shorty. But when Bradfield covered the puck, Alan Lack and Mark Austin decided to settle things the old-fashioned way. But with only eight seconds on the clock, it was too late for anything to change. An interesting game that the Chieftains bossed pretty much from start to finish. But MK Thunder showed they are going to cause some teams trouble this year. After the game, I caught up with Chieftains fan, Kieran McGill. Uh, Kieran, you travelled down to MK with Chieftains last night. How was the game from a fan's point of view? The game, I'll tell you something. I mean, um, I think looking at it from the outside, it looked like the most complete performance where Chieftains actually dominated all three periods. Now, we've had 
very spectacular games, I think, against um, Solent away and also um, Slough Jets away and Solent home as well, where we sort of had two out of three periods in spectacular fashion. This was probably the first game where I think all three periods came together well on top, especially in the shot count as well. Um, I think it was 23-6 in the first period, 13-6 in the second, and 17-8 in the third. So just, I think, from start to finish, just the most complete performance. Yeah, it certainly looks so. I mean, I actually caught it on the stream. I couldn't make it to MK last night. The stream was good quality, Mm -hmm. though, so you could see sort of what was going on. MK did seem to force some uncharacteristic defensive mistakes, though. I mean, the goals really came from defensive mistakes. Yeah, I think they did. Um, I mean, certainly um, the, the second goal, um, I think it was Dan Fay who just, um, it was just one of those things, just sort of missed and um, then it was chasing the tails back for the second goal. Um, yeah, it, it seemed to come from defensive mistakes, but it has to be said, I think the defence as a unit played really, really well for, you know, the 60 minutes, across the 60 minutes. It was just a couple of errors which, you know, in the end had no bearing on the result whatsoever. But um, no, I think the transitional play certainly from defence to attack was uh, was very, very good, very smooth. I think Jay King certainly stood out last night at the back. Yeah, and five, uh, five very, very good usual, goals. Very well. smooth self as well. Yeah, five very good goals as well. Yeah, I think so. And um, I think the guy who's been under the radar more than anyone has been um, James Pentecost, actually. Um, when you look at his stats and the points he's amassed over the last few games, he's um, the king of assists by quite some way. So it just shows his importance to seeing up others and then of course yesterday he got his turn and, and got his double which um, which was really good to see yeah I think a lot a lot of the lads who've played with Pence or, or watched Pence play for a long time will, will know how skillful he is yeah absolutely and um, it was also good to see um, Barnes Garner get on get on the score sheet for the first one Porter did um, from the left hand side a, a superb finish and um, of course Ollie Baldock with the other one um, just his all round play was magnificent yesterday uh, just carrying it from the halfway line up to the up to the goal on dangerous areas, it was good to see him him get his well deserved award at the end. I think. Yeah, he seems to be playing with a lot more freedom this year than he was last, he, and he's able to run the game for the Chieftains from the neutral zone. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it certainly, and um, you know, with the additions that Chieftains have made this year, of course, um, a lot of what he sets up is coming to fruition a lot more. I think. And another great group of travelling fans for the Chieftains. They really do travel well as a club, don't they? Oh, they do, and uh, <laughs> certainly outnumbered the uh, MK Lightning fans. I mean, it's actually my first visit to the stadium, and as magnificent stadium and facility it is, but goodness me, it's an eerie atmosphere when uh, there's barely any home support to speak of. I mean, there was one section uh, a few blocks away from us, but no, of course, the Chieftains <laughs> travelling support ground, anything out like that. Um, very audible, I should think, on the stream as well, all yeah, game. It was, it was. I mean, the, th- the Thunder do quite well, being a second side for the Lightning, obviously. I mean, when the Lightning played there, I know a few Chieftains fans went to the Lightning home game on the Saturday, and it's absolutely mm-hmm. packed in there for the Lightning. So, I think the Thunder don't yeah. do too bad as a second side to get a few fans in there. Uh, yes. And, and they yes. certainly are improving this year. I can't see them taking any know heavy pastings like they did last year when they get their yeah. full roster together i spoke very briefly with their gm today and when they get their full roster together they are really going to cause some problems for some teams you can certainly see them picking up some results through the season yeah it's not going to be the same story as last season where quite frankly i mean it was going into double figures i think for one of the away trips um yeah i don't think any team can turn up expecting that this year 
No, no, certainly not. When they get them Hamill boys from the Lightning, they are a threat going forward. And having the experience of Julian Smith at the back uh, certainly does, mm-hmm. does good things for them. Yeah. So it looked to get a little bit tasty last night. We await the outcome of, uh, of the DOPS of what happened with Kieran Rayner. It's been discussed online. Uh, for me, it mm-hmm. looked like a fairly clean hit. Uh, just mm-hmm. a possible sort of unfortunate level of height of the opponent, actually, which made it look a little bit worse than it was. <laughs> um, but we certainly hope that that does not result in a crazy ban like we've been seeing the Dops hand out. No, and um, actually the two biggest hits of the game, I think, went to uh, Kieran Rayner. Obviously, the first one uh, inspired uh, about a 50 cuts, of course, for which uh, both saw five minutes. But yeah, the check that you're you're speaking of, it, it didn't look to be uh, particularly high, and I certainly know uh, rather vociferous uh, bunch of ladies. If you don't name this, um, saw it in a rather different way to the rest did. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, of course, Kieran got the game penalty, and we await the outcome of the uh, video or the appeals process if, if that happens. Yeah. But um, it would be a very unfortunate way, and actually would be a major, major loss for. Saturday night at the Riverside. I mean, um, and and further games after that. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's now turned into an, an enormous game on Saturday night as the Stratton Redhawks head up to the Riverside. Obviously, we're all sort of on the tails of the Jets at the moment as they are really yeah. cruising away at the top there. But yeah, the Stratton game is going to be fantastic, and Chelmsford will absolutely need Kieran Rayner for that. So we we do look for the outcome of the Dops. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone's heard our friends at Four Thousand and Counting had Shane Moore, the GM of Oxford City Stars, on to discuss the Dops as Darcy Flanagan got slapped with an outrageous 10-game penalty for an apparent mm-hmm. cross-check to the head, which no one can seem to see. Um, and Darcy, yeah. Darcy will be on next week sort of discussing how he's feeling about the 10-game ban. So hopefully, yeah, there's nothing too silly from that and we can go in to... Uh, to a yeah, it's in the lap of the gods, but um, by, by rights, I mean, um, you know, Kieran should be back on the ice on on Saturday, but uh, <laughs> by rights, I suppose, doesn't always happen, does it, I guess? No, no, and I, and I do know that Ben Painter and the Stretton boys are looking forward to the game as well. They love the atmosphere down at Chelmsford, so I'm sure the fans will bring that. Well, it's a massive game. I mean, um, if you look at the, the the league table, of course, I think Stretton have a game in hand over, over Chelmsford, um, but should Chelmsford take the win on Saturday, then they'll move clear. Of Streatham, um, and then obviously will be the the runners up to the Jets who are flying away at the moment. So yeah, in terms of deciding that second place this moment in time, this game is massive. Yeah, certainly one of the most interesting Britain seasons for quite some time. Yeah, and very very open by the look of it, with no runaway leader as such. It looks like the Jets are putting a run together, but um, as we've seen already earlier this season, they can be stopped. Yeah, anybody can beat anybody. Kieran, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me on, Ben. Thank you. Thanks to Kieran for that catch-up after the Chieftains game. Now it's time for this. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week. This week's Zero Pucks Given Player of the Week, then. He's been on the cusp of it for quite some time and has been in incredible form. And this week, with another four-point weekend, Three goals and four assists. Player of the week is Jack Goodchild. Fantastic stuff from Jack Goodchild. About time he certainly earned that player of the week. Right, let's get to our guest then. We're jumping in the pipes, fully padded up with Danny Milton. Tender is the night, lying by your side. 
is the day the demons go away. Lord, I need to find someone who can heal my mind. Come on. Zero Pucks Given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet and the Hockey Art Co. We welcome the Stretton Netty, Danny Milton. How are you doing, fella? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're very, very welcome. A uh, good win last night up at Oxford. They do make you work for it, though, don't they? Yeah, they're a tricky team. Like, I think I think where they beat us last time, I think they just tried to trap and they didn't force us too much, which gave us a bit too much time. And I think we we saw it coming a little bit. And I think we our game plan was to break that trap. And I think we managed to pull that off quite well. And they, they kind of stuck stuck to it. I don't think they had much else afterwards. No. But, yeah, no, I think we needed to, especially after losing to them last time and then losing to Invicta. I think we needed to bounce back. And I think we did that. Yeah, it's not often you get shut out on home ice, is it? So that's got to be no. a that's certainly got to be a little bit of a, a bullet in the chamber for you guys. Yeah, yeah it, it, you tough, almost man. you almost did not want to be the team that played you next after you were shut out at home. Yeah, it's pretty. I my um, my best friend is Tim O'Lingren from Slough. Yeah, he called me straight away and he was like, "I'm I'm feel sorry for them Oxford boys coming. <laughs> you got next week." So. Uh, it's been, how long have you been at Streatham? This is my second year. So last year, obviously, my daughter was born in November. So um, originally, I wasn't actually going to be playing last year, just so I can take a bit of time out. But <clears throat> obviously, I've known Paints for a long time. So he kind of called me and was like, obviously, Tommy's doing a lot more coaching now. Nate's obviously he's got his barber shop. So kind of both of them quite busy. So he just asked me to come on and train and kind of be as a third cover goalie. Mm. And it kind of just stemmed from that, really. And then Tom retired, and you, all of a sudden, yeah, like, it's well. kind of yeah, it's kind of worked <laughs> out quite well for everybody, really. Uh, so another successful year last year as well, of course, with the the league title and the playoffs. Yeah, that was um, yeah, it's quite an, then playoff weekends. I said there's some there's some weird stuff goes on at Milton Keynes on them playoff weekends. That's that's the whole that's the whole fun of playoffs, right? Is that it's literally just a, a one game shootout, so mm. it could be anything. And you saw, I imagine you saw the Invicta Solent of a semi-final oh, yeah it, it literally anything can happen I think Invicta pretty much dominated the whole game and then all of a sudden Solent just stepped up a gear and Invicta couldn't couldn't handle it and it's exactly the same every every year with every team like even yeah. in the National League you're seeing the NHL anything can happen it was the same last year actually with that not not last year but the year before with that second semi-final I think Chelsea were 3-0 up with like a minute to go and it went to overtime yeah, I mean, I mean, even our game. Obviously, when I was at Romford and we played Streatham, yeah. at the end of the first period, it was nil-nil. Yeah. So it's like kind of like even for us having a, a young team going up against that, that force that Streatham was that year, especially going nil-nil, kind of like we were kind of buzzing a little bit. And I obviously I've spoken to a lot of the boys about it in the team that year, and they were kind of like we we were like panicking a little bit, but yeah, I think <laughs> it's just their strength come through in the end and. And they ended up winning, but yeah, that's it. It's just a one-game shootout, isn't it? You just yeah. Well, I think even in that final in that year, I think Chelsea were two 0 up against Stratton with yeah, yeah, they did. You know, yeah. about five minutes to go. So yeah, I mean, I think anyone I've said this last year when we were talking about the playoffs. Anyone who comes to British hockey or any sort of hockey, you know, it's fast, it's enjoyable, it's it's everything that everyone expects it to be. But playoff hockey is just different. Yeah, yeah, it's completely different. The whole the whole mindset going into it is completely different because. You, you go into it knowing that if you lose, you're out. Mm. There's no kind of, oh, we'll, we'll get him in the second leg. It's literally, 
if you lose, you're, you're done. You're, you're kind of, your season's over pretty much. Mm. Well, I mean, in the last two years then, you've had, you know, pretty end of spectrum experiences with it. Obviously being with Romford and going out in that first semi-final on the first day and then being with Streatham and getting through the first semi-final and then playing in the final. Do you guys like the weekend, the showpiece thing at Milton Keynes? Because I never think it's as busy as it should be. I always think that rink should be ramoed, but it's not. Yeah, I... It's hard, isn't it? You don't want to kind of dog on the organisers or anything like that. It's, I, I like, I like it. Obviously, playing when I did with the Jets and with the Bees, the kind of the Coventry weekend is unbelievable because you have fans of every team turn up just for a weekend, and mm. I don't think NHL One has kind of got to that organisation level yet. Um, and I, I don't know if it's just because the fans and the other team. They haven't ever experienced it. Yeah. And they experienced a fun weekend. Like every, everyone that I've spoken to love it going there. But it's kind of the the lower end teams, kind of like obviously our, the Romford team that I was at, we didn't really expect to make playoffs. I mean, beating Solon to get through in the quarterfinals was a, a big ask kind of thing. Um but you, you speak to some of the fans there, like they, they would they would no idea what it's like. And I mean, probably the same for MK Funder fans, like yeah, they haven't got to. Although it's at Milton Keynes, kind of, they haven't got to that point to experience the whole weekend, and I think that's just the only difference is. Yeah, um, it's nice to have a showpiece, isn't it? Because I think if it was if it was just a two legged game, like the cup final, I don't think it would have the same, as you say that that you know like lose your out type thing. Yeah, and I, I think they could probably make more of it. Like have have the under 18s national final on our weekend. Like obviously we have our. The, the league national final, obviously the North South winners at Coventry. Like mm. why, why they could make it the weekend bigger by having like an under 18s national championships game. Kind of just rather than making it just two games in the day, spread it out, make a whole, a whole weekend of it. Yeah. Just to try and get more people in the ring. Cause it's yeah, it's, exactly. more people need to experience it because it is just, it's like, and, and that's, and that's exactly what it is. Like you, you saw it the weekend. It was kind of like, three blocks in the weekend were full. Obviously, you had uh, well, probably four with Solon, Invicta, Chelmsford. And, um, there was quite we... a few Chelmsford fans there last night. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, well, we, yeah, they weren't even there, were they? No, they weren't Rob, even Romford there. went through, didn't they? So because yeah. we were Romford, but, but they still had a lot of fans there. So it's kind of like three or four blocks of full, whereas like that MK rings is massive. It holds like thousands. So you get some other teams involved in it. And it could just completely change the whole atmosphere of the weekend. Yeah, which which would be worth it because it's I think it's great value as well. I think the tickets are only like thirty quid for a whole weekend, pounds, of, whole yeah. weekend of hockey, and it's it's not expensive to stay in Milton Keynes. You know, there's there's some nice places. There's some places where there's a reason it's not expensive to stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's normally where I stay. <laughs> I think I think where I stayed last year. Obviously, I was I had my daughter with us, so we were trying. We we got a hotel. I think we spent twenty minutes trying to find a parking space around there. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare like the last few years i've gone to the ramada out at newport pagnell services yeah. um which is only like 20 minutes from the rink it's not far but it's you, you're like stuck out on the m1 it's like nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing there if you don't want a burger you're just screwed yeah that's it yeah <laughs> burger king and greg's that's all you've got <laughs> never say no to a greg's yeah that's true so when you um when you started playing were you always a goalie or did you start as a skater yeah, pretty much. I I went out. I I used to skate a lot. Um, 
obviously growing up like my dad was my coach and he always said to me like make sure you can skate kind of um I kind of started skating as soon as I started walking pretty much obviously my dad played my big brother played so I always spent time at the rink so I was kind of on the ice as much as I could and it was about five or six years old I kind of I turned into a goalie but I still done one training session as a goalie one as a player to get on the skating end mm. do you um, think it was subliminal do you think your dad and your brother were like, if we get him playing, let's make him think he's a goalie? Well, I, I mean, I, kind of pretty much, I pretty much become a goalie because, yeah, in the in the hallway in my home, my brother wanted somebody to shoot at. So <laughs> I, I was the little one, like, kneeling down with a hat in my hand, using it as a catcher, and he was just firing tennis balls at me. So, yeah, I suppose in a way I kind of got forced into it a little yeah. bit. But... I think a lot of it is subliminal, especially with older siblings forcing it upon you. Yeah, that's it. And obviously, like, when I was kind of younger like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was massive right so I um I went to a Bees game because we originally I originally started at Bracknell yeah we went to go and watch a Bees game and kind of our under 10s team got to go in and meet all of the players and stuff like that and the goalie at the time had a body armor on it was proper old school body armor and I literally thought that he looked like a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle so I was (laughs) like I want to I want to kind of be like that (laughs) so yeah that's pretty much how I was like yeah that's it I, I think I've got it sorted now Wicked. What's your what's your preferred terminology for the position? Because there's an awful lot of words for it. A goalie. You're just goalie. Yeah, goalie is just easier, isn't it? Yeah. When I've spoken to some people from like across the pond, and and they're like oh, netty, tendy. Yeah. And there's there's so many different phrases for it, and they kind of think it's quite funny that even as Brits, we've adopted a lot of the terminology. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like when I go like away with GB to tournaments, that they all say netminder. So I, I imagine that's kind of probably the correct term is netminder, but I, yeah, I, I just prefer to be in the goalie. You bit, where have you been with GB? What tours have you been on? Uh, so my first trip away was um, Iceland for Four Nations tournament. Um, and then we went to Poland for the World Championships. That was my first ever World Championships. Is that um, seniors, was that? No, the under-18 girls. Under-18s. Yeah, so um, yeah, then we had Dumfries and Turkey. Oh wow, Turkey! That's uh, you don't you, you don't think Turkey and ice hockey do in the same sentence? Yeah, I think because of COVID, they basically combined two two divisions into one big tournament, and Turkey, I think, were originally meant to hold their their world championships there, so they just combined it into. I think they they got they had so many changing rooms there; it was a lovely rink. So mm. I think yeah, they just kind of combined it into that. But yeah, it was hot. Yeah, yeah it's, it kind of you can't get your head around and you'd be really hot outside and going like in 35 degrees out there we we're kind of doing our pre-game prep and stuff like that all of our coaches just sat outside of bean bags <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy have you ever done any hockey camps abroad uh i haven't I've, I've done a couple when i was younger um i'm i'm hoping to coach on some um covid kind of stopped a lot of that i was meant to go out to sweden mm. and finland for a couple of tournaments uh, a couple of camps to coach on um, but yeah, kind of COVID stopped that a little bit, so they're kind of slowly starting to build back up again. So yeah, ho- hopefully, kind of next summer or the summer after, I'm hoping to get out there to coach and some, which will be cool. Yeah, yeah. Anything out in the states? Do you follow anything out in the states, NHL wise? Or uh, yeah, I'll, I follow NHL. I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan, so at the moment it, it's looking really good. Yeah. But the last few years have been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, um, I I got a couple of friends out there. Um, Nathan Craze is out in Montreal. Um, he kind of got me into goalie coaching originally when I was about 16, 17. Um, so I speak to him regularly, kind of 
he's looking to kind of run some clinics out there. So that that would be cool if I can get out there and do something like that. But I've coached on a couple of camps over here that have had American and Canadian coaches come over. Yeah. So they've got some camps over there. So it'll be good to kind of go over there and branch out a little bit. Yeah. When I spoke to him. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's what as goalies, especially, I mean, we're getting, I'm going to get on talking to Colin Booth. You know, yeah. late, later, because obviously when Colin came on, you were messaging me with things to give him. He's given me a few things to give you as well. Uh, of course, but, he gives me, he gives me a tough time. I love Colin. He gives me a tough time, but I know it's all I know it's all love. Yeah, yeah. Because what he's doing is kind of I think it's going to spread around the world. Oh, hundred percent. It's the first time I saw it, I was like, "What? What is he doing?" Like, I think the first thing that I ever saw, he literally lined up, kind of like. You know the old little tape measures that you just kind of roll up. Yeah. It's like a little um, fruit winder kind of thing. And he just unwinded it, like put it down with tape or like blue tack, and it just had little, little lights on it. Plugged it into his phone. I'm like, what is this? And he was like, right, just kneel down. Here's a little button. So he made like a little line, like with a bit of tape, and he said, right, there's a light that's going to run down here, like light by light. You have to press that button when it gets to that line. And I'm like, fucking hell, that's a bit easy. Just follow it. And it's like, boom. And I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, that's a goal. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he went, well, Puck's gone in. Like, he's like, you've got to track it all the way down. And I mean, I must have spent hours on it. Hours. And every camp that I coached on with Colin, he was like, right, that's Miltz's station. Everybody over there, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just some of the stuff you see. And it's like, like, I'm saying to him, I'm like, how does that, like, what makes that how does it make the brain work? Like, what is it that you need to think about and how does that affect and how does it help your game? Um, I think I ended up asking him more questions than the kids did. Yeah. But yeah, what what he does is unbelievable. And it, I mean, you can see the stuff that he's done with the people that he's done it with and how much they've progressed and like with leads and how much they've done. He's yeah. unbelievable. And yeah, he's doing amazing going over abroad to America and, branching out there so the props to him he's he's doing awesome so how have you found his training methods have specifically enhanced your skills it, it's just like the focus side of it just like the mentality like i i'm i don't really kind of not not like care but i don't get too too like distracted from things i i kind of like to be relaxed i don't kind of like pump myself up i'm kind of i get to the get to the rink I do my own thing I chat to the boys I'm not kind of like I sit there I'm like just completely focused on the game I'm I'm really relaxed when I play like I'd, I'd rather be in a good mood and I feel when I'm happy I play happy kind of thing it's, yeah but it's just the little things that he says like, as soon as you're like losing your sidetrack or kind of you have a bit of a blip and you're kind of thinking what things should have been done he's kind of like just reset your mind and little things like that it, it doesn't take you away from anything it's just kind of like Oh, right here you go. I'm, I'm back into it now, and it's just little things like that is is huge. And obviously, with mentality, um, I mean, you're it must be a little bit different this year. How does it feel being the Streatham goalie and almost having a target on your back that every team wants to beat you? Uh, I I actually get asked this a lot, really, because especially like growing up playing Slough Juniors, like we were always kind of like bottom of the league, so I had no pressure. Um, playing for the bees we didn't have a great team we was always kind of like mid-table so that, again there wasn't that much pressure going to Romford was on a team full of kids and my role there was kind of to help bring up the junior goalies kind of progress them and help them get into senior hockey mm. so again there was no there was no pressure so 
going from especially Romford to Streatham, which is expected to win, and everybody is out for them. It, that was a huge change. Um, so it was literally going from no pressure to a lot of pressure. Mm. Um, but I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was. I I didn't feel the pressure as much. I just I just want to go out and have fun. I want to go out and winning is huge. Like no nobody likes losing, and no. like I'll I'll always do my best to try to try and win the game, whether the team's playing well or not. I'm I'm always going to try and do my best, and it, it's definitely different. And you do have to take a different mindset to it. You do you do have to kind of push that a little bit harder and step up when when it's needed to. I mean. We've got a lot of new guys, although we've got a lot of the same guys. We've still got a lot of new guys in the team, so I think we're still gelling a little bit. And we've had some—I mean, obviously, you've spoken to Payne Scott a few times on the reviews. We, we've had a, a couple of games that we've had a lot of passengers and not fully pulling their weight yet. But that's just gelling still. Like we've only been playing what eight eight weeks. Mm. We're still getting into it, so there's times that I've needed to kind of help carry the team and put a team on my back to kind of to get a result. Yeah, no. which when I've spoken to other goalies, it's it's such a rare sport where goalies can do that. A goalie can win a game on his own. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's, it's so true, and mm. and that's just how you got to prepare. You just got to prepare that you're you're going to do what it takes to put the team on your back, whether you need to or not. I mean, if the team's doing what they're doing in front of you, then you've just got to stay solid. You've just got to do the little things right. Kind of, you got to make the first save, and if your D are playing well, then they're going to clear that puck. So you, you've done your job; they're doing their job. But there's sometimes that. You need to be prepared to make that second or third save. You need to make that that desperation save that you shouldn't normally need to be making. Mm. And I think, especially playing for Streatham, like I, I went from having sixty shots a game at Romford to now facing twenty five, and that's a big change as well because you've got to stay focused more. And that's where Colin has subtly helped me. Like, not I don't I don't go to Colin kind of personally and say like, can you help me? Can you do this? It's just from all the presentations that he's done and from what I've heard him speak to other people is I've taken that on myself and that's what I've helped doing mm. for, yeah. my, for myself. Yeah. I mean, keeping your standing in goal, keeping your eyes constantly focused on a three inch circle of rubber when it's not coming at you that regularly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that must be, that must be quite mentally fatiguing. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, like when we played Oxford a couple of weeks ago, and we beat him four nil. I think I had 11 shots in the first two periods. Mm. And like pains come up to me, it was like, like, are you good? Are you are you still here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> like, I I I've kind of learned as I'm getting older to kind of stay focused. And something that Colin said is, you can't stay focused for a whole sixty minutes. You have to, in between breaks, you have to kind of like come out and then boom back into it as soon as the play starts again. And and that's what I've learned to do, and it it's definitely helped so much better. That as a group of goalies, then because you're all you're all a bit weird. There's, there's no two ways about it. You've all got to be a bit weird. Is there like a UK goalie group chat that you're all on? Not, I mean, not like a, a country-wide one. I <laughs> mean, I'm, I've got I've got a couple of group chats, kind of goalies. Um, I, I'm in one that's called Bug, which is backup goalie group. <laughs> all right. We, we've got our own fantasy team and I've got a group with um, Ben Clements and Ewan King that we, because obviously we do a lot of coaching stuff together and, we kind of throw a lot of ideas between each other. Like we, we talk a lot in that group chat, but yeah, I think just in general, goalies just get on. Yeah. They, they kind of like, even if you don't know a goalie that well, kind of you, you just, you just chat. Like even, even when we played Oxford the weekend, like in the handshake, me and Petr Cech were just chatting 
I mean, I've, I've never met the guy before. Kind of like he was just, we were just having a, a quick little chat. And it's just that kind of, that bond that you just initially have. Yeah. It's just a respect, isn't it? That you, that, of, you know, the position that you're playing in. And I think you both, obviously you're both aware if you've got two, two goalies in the roster, even if you've got three, you're all aware that only one of you can play. Yeah, at, no, yeah exactly. At yeah. any one time. So, yeah. yeah, kind of, there's no point getting antsy with the other one, is there? You've all got to be... No, no, exactly. And uh, and like that, we got on really well last year with me, Nate and Tommy, kind of like we all spoke to each other, like, oh, how's everyone feeling? Like, does anyone want this game specifically? Like, is anybody up for it? Does anyone want to play this game? And then we'll talk to Payne, so like, kind of all three of us saying, right, like all three of us are good or, or he's not feeling too great, kind of it's like who do you want between us two? And then Payne's will eventually make make the decision on on who he wants going in. And yeah, it works really well. And I mean, me and Nate have carried that over now, kind of we like we're really good friends. So we talk all the time. It's kind of like, oh, like what are you thinking about this weekend? And then we'll talk, like we've got a group chat with Paints as well. So we chat about things in there, like the game's coming up and yeah, and we work on our own things in, in practice. So yeah. Does it does Nate do everyone's hair? Yeah, I mean he's done my hair. He was meant to do it on Saturday, <laughs> but kind of yeah. He, he he does most people's hair, yeah. It, <laughs> that that was a weird experience coming into a change room and just turn around and Nate's kind of people's hair. But <laughs> no, he's he's a good guy. He's, he'll do anything for everyone. Is it all is it all fancy beards and slits in the eyebrows and stuff like that? No, not quite. He, he's no. just a traditional barber, but he, he's good. He's really good. I, I don't go as often as I should because under this hat, I am extremely bald <laughs> and and I don't mind a little trip to the barbers, but it costs me like 35 quid and you get all like, you know, the cutthroat and the nice massage and all that. And I come out thinking, oh God, yeah, that feels good. And I think that cost me 35 quid and I've got, yeah, no, I've got no hair. That's it. No. <laughs> Nate, Nate gives us a good discount. So <laughs> no, he's, he's good. Jamie Mack wanted me to ask you about some Disney themed pads. That yeah, you I don't know. At I, some point, I I love Mac. I I mean, he 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 played a slough with my under my dad, and he played with my brother, and kind of I was like seventeen playing on that team with Jamie Mack. So I've known him a long time. They yeah. were Wiley Coyote pads. Went <laughs> Disney. That's I saw it tweet, and I'm like, Jamie, come on! Like, I know it was a long time ago, but yeah, they're, they're Wiley Coyote pads. It was, um. My mum basically said, look, like I, I had hand-me-down pads pretty much from Ewan King most of my life because my big brother's the same age as Ewan. So I always kind of had hand-me-down pads. And my mum was like, right, we're kind of your full team. Like, get, you can choose your pads kind of thing. And I, I just saw someone post about this. It was a, a brand called Batram that, that I don't think they've been around for about 10 years. And you literally went on their website and they had so many crazy designs. They're like Homer Simpson pads and I'd love to actually see if they've still got the website to to have some of the custom pads that they had. And yeah, I saw them and obviously like Looney Tunes was big when I was younger as well. So I thought, yeah, they look, they look pretty cool. So yeah, I just went for them. Were, I think were, I, were they really cool? Yeah, they were, they were pretty cool actually. <laughs> I, I, I like, I, if I find a photo, I'll, I'll send it to you. They're, oh, bro. Yeah, they, they were pretty cool. I mean, yeah. looking back, it was kind of like, oh, what, what am I doing? But I mean, at the time, <laughs> care, do you? Uh, Jamie Jamie and Max actually coming on end of November. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Me and Jamie and Danny Wright are just going to have a, a a good old chinwag about British hockey at this level. And yeah, Jamie Jamie's like Marmite, isn't he? I I, I love just going on his Twitter and just seeing the abuse that he gets, but <laughs> he knows how to take it. I mean, he's done that his whole life. Oh yeah, yeah, and he gives it back. Yeah, he was a great captain when I was at when I played for the Slough NHL team. So he he's a good guy. 
Awesome. Awesome. Colin has actually put another little question in sort of unhockey related. Um, he wants to know who's the best baker, you or Paige? Oh, oh I don't know. I mean, luckily, luckily Paige isn't in the house to hear this, but <laughs> it's a hundred percent Paige. She's what, what she makes is unbelievable. She's, she's really good. She always treats the boys when we go to Kinga's camps in the summer. I mean, we spent six or seven weeks of the summer in Romford coaching on these camps. So yeah. I'm away from home quite a bit and normally think summer's kind of the time to spend at home, but not, not for, not for me when I'm coaching, but yeah, she's, she's awesome. And yeah, she does, she bakes the, the boys some good stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've done a couple of good things as well, but yeah, Paige is completely, a completely different league. Was, was that a lockdown talent that was taken on? No, she's always been just baking cakes, like making little desserts kind of out of nowhere. But yeah, yeah, she made she made these little weird cake balls. Um, oh, yeah. She just had a little bit of kind of um, a little bit of cake left over, so mixed it in with a bit of icing and then dipped them in chocolate. So they were like South South Park Chef. Yeah, literally, just like out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh my god, these are unbelievable. Chocolate. Like, she only balls. made like four or five that are left over, and I'm like, Paige, you've got to make a batch of these. <laughs> took it to the boys, and I think they were gone in about two hours. That's, yeah. not what, that's not what you need, is it, when you're an athlete? You don't need oh, cake all yeah. around the house. It's summertime. That's the time that you can put on a bit of weight. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, when we're spending four and a half hours on the ice a day, so kind of you can have a few of them and burn it off yeah, quick. You, you can burn it off. Yeah. Uh, I've, got, I've got a really strange question. I didn't ask any more about this. Casey Wilson. As, okay. as Here said, we go. What is burgers for the boys? Burgers bear, in, bear in mind, we keep this PG normally. Yeah, no, it's nothing. It's nothing bad at all. Is obviously when we played at Romford, there was me, Casey, um, Dan Fay, and Saunders. So yeah. we all travelled together, and we um, it, it's it started off just taking turns, kind of like obviously one of us was driving, like we we took turns driving, and then we we ended up just getting McDonald cheeseburger Happy Meals, <laughs> and we kind of took turns in 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 buying them kind of everybody's everybody got a cheeseburger happy meal maybe we get some like 20 nuggets just on the way obviously we had a an hour and a half two hour journey home so yeah being being away and not having any food for a long time so it was just a nice little pick-me-up snack for the journey home um and then yeah somehow it kind of got into some kind of competition i think that monopoly game obviously that i asked <laughs> and Faye about monopoly come about and it was kind of like oh whoever like kind of goes out first ends up buying buying the burgers and obviously <laughs> I was dominating in the Monopoly, so I didn't end up buying them that much. But <laughs> and Happy, mean, Meal, Happy Meals are not one ninety nine anymore. No, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it still ended up to be like twenty pound a round. It's like Jesus Christ, I'm really trying hard in this Monopoly game now. <laughs> um, Christian Moore wants to know which goalie has the best hands. Oh, me. I mean, that's why he's asking that question. Like, well, he's got you up there with Brett. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Brett Stinkhandler or anything like that. But I mean, like I said, coaching on the camps, so I, I, I'm shooting for four and a half hours a day, so I've learned to get a pretty good hand and a pretty good shot. Yeah, yeah, you did a, say a lot, you've got quite a good shot. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Brett play the park. So, I mean, ho- hopefully, I mean, we've still got two more games against them, so. Maybe I'll ask the boys to throw a puck down on him and see, see how he plays it. <laughs> well, you should try the um, the psychological warfare of being the last two on the ice and just shoot pucks to each other from one end to the other. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I do that with Nate. Every every practice, I might shoot about 50 pucks. Kind of, they're setting up the drills and I get about four pucks and I just fire him down at Nate. <laughs> 
Cracking. The um, I've got another one here. Something that I sort of saw on social media, and then I didn't really see anything else about. What were you filming down at Lee Valley when they opened so, the Ice Center? Uh, do you, Do you remember the film that they done at Chelmsford? The Enforcer. The Enforcer. So it's the same guy, David Dunnage. Um, I I actually played conference at Juniors with him, and obviously I played with his brother Stevie as well at conference, but obviously with Romford. Um, he he's basically does he he got sponsored kind of thing by um Canon. So they um they basically gave him a load of equipment and just basically said film film what you like with it. And obviously his passion is ice hockey as well. He's he's grown up with it. Um so yeah, he kind of just gave me a call and he's like, look, I want to do a thing about how kind of hockey changed your life. Um and obviously then boys kind of grew up the other side of London to me. I kind of grew up um like the Twickenham area. So I'm I'm one of six kids and four of us play ho- played hockey at the time. So obviously, it, it, like my mum and dad worked so hard to get us all doing everything that we wanted. So, and he, obviously he knew that. So he was kind of like, like I want to know your story like, as well as all of us kind of thing because we all come from like, different backgrounds and, and stuff like that. So he basically got us all together and he just done a little bit of filming, kind of like us kitting up, um, getting ready, going out on the ice. And we literally just had fun. He was like, yeah. boys, you just go around, shoot some parks, do a couple of drills, and we're just going to be floating in, taking photos, filming you, following you. And, yeah, it was always such a good time. It was, it was awesome. But then we have to do, like, kind of voiceover clips. And, yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. I think I, I had to answer five questions. And I think I took I took a screenshot, actually. I think I've done 50 t- attempts <laughs> at doing it. I'm like, I'm, like, speaking into my phone. I'm like, oh, I stuttered. Delete that one. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was like, one in one in ten, I managed to get it in, but yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Um, I think he's still editing at the moment now, but he's hoping to get it out in the next few months. So yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get up actually to James Ailing and Frankie Sabini about where the enforcer is because we were expecting to have seen the the sort of thirty minute version by now. Yeah, I, I got. I mean, I, I used to work in the films industry, so that's that. Obviously, I used to speak to David a lot about it. Um, mm. but yeah, when when they're doing this is kind of like a, a side thing for them. Like it's not kind of their main job. I don't think they're really earning any money from it at all. They just want to do it because they love it. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that always gets put on the back burner while they've got their, their real jobs to be doing. But I imagine, yeah, it would, it would take some time, but yeah. it's going to be, as far as I know, it's kind of a similar kind of thing, like a, a short 30 minute film that they're going to be doing. But he, he sent me a couple of photos of the actual clips and they, they look awesome. Like so good. Yeah, having a brand new arena to do it in as well is... Yeah, that, that ring's unbelievable. Yeah, I've, I, I've not been I, in yet. I've seen it from the outside. I've not been in. It's, it's so nice. Like, just everything about it. Like, the change rooms are really nice. Like, the entrance onto it, the, the ice pad itself is lovely. Um, the stands are a little bit small. You would have thought for a brand new ring, they would have make it a little bit bigger. But, I mean, I've seen on, on social media and stuff the issues that they're having at the moment, which is such a shame because that could be an unbelievable rink to play in. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought, cause when the playoffs were... It took a while to get announced last year. I thought they were waiting to see if that would be finished. Yeah, and, and they would put, put them. Other than Valley. the parking, there would be awesome. I mean, there's plenty of parking, but I put my registration plate in, and I still got a parking ticket. Yeah, like, I think if they can sort that out, I think that would be a brilliant venue for the players. Oh, perfect, awesome rig. It's massive. It's really big. Like the change rooms are good size. Like, there's loads of them. Yeah, it's, yeah, and just going by the geography of the teams, it's probably a little bit closer to everybody. Yeah, it's potentially going to make it. Yeah, than MK. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice to see. But Danny Milton, thank you so much for your time this evening. Really enjoyed speaking to you on the podcast. 
And, uh, no, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's great. I've I've really enjoyed branching it out. Actually, speaking to players from the other clubs, it's um, mm. it's been yeah, so it's been exciting for me to do it. There's there's one disappointment though. The the room gave you a buzzword. I led you down the path of America, and you didn't go for it. Oh, I, I literally, I've been I've been I've been texting him all day, and I'm like, how can you give me that? Like, that's such a hard one to give. Like, give me something that I can add in. Like, where, like, how am I even gonna throw that in there? And he's yeah. like, oh, stop like, you can do that. You can fight. Like, it's easy. And I'm like, how? Like, and to be honest, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, Paints. Yeah, when Paints texted me and told me what it was, I said, oh, I won't tell him I know, and I'll lead him down, lead him down a path for it. But yeah, I just, I didn't even think <laughs> he's going to be livid at me now. He will, considering the one he got in when I spoke to him at the playoff final. Yeah, but that's an year. easy one. I said to him, like, like, give me, give me like a character or something, like. Given me a state in America, like not, it's not even a key state to do with ice hockey, like. <laughs> but yeah, no, sorry, Paints. I know he's going to be watching this after waiting for it. But... No worries, Danny. Thank you so much for your time, mate, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for having me. A massive thank you to Danny Milton for joining me on the podcast. Really interesting to to have the chat to Danny. He's one of the characters, really, of the NIHL One South. He's been about a fair bit of time, and is enjoying his time with Streatham. Fixtures then coming up. We've got the Halloween weekend. Uh, hopefully, it's not too scary for some of these clubs. The uh, the Saturday game, five thirty, Riverside, Chelmsford, Chelmsford Chieftains, Streatham Redhawks. What a game that's going to be! Uh, make sure you get your tickets through the Chelmsford Chieftains Ticket Co. There'll be no live streams, so don't follow any of those liar liar pants on fire. And also on that Saturday evening, Invicta Dynamos host the Oxford City Stars. Both teams there. Invicta had a weekend off. Oxford obviously looking to get back on the horse. That could be a really exciting game. Oxford have another chance to get themselves on the board on Sunday as they host the Milton Keynes Thunder up at the Oxpens. Uh, Slough Jets host Solent Devils on that Sunday as well. And the Red Hawks come home on Sunday night to host the Romford Buccaneers. And again, what a game that could be because the Romford Buccaneers do not give anybody an easy ride. So an exciting weekend of Halloween hockey coming up. Massive thank you to listening. Thank you to everybody who's contributed. Thank you for Chelmsford Chieftains fan Kieran McGill for coming on for a chat about the game at MK. Thank you to the coaches to provide for providing their thoughts. And thank you to Danny Milton for giving up his time and his evening to talk to us on the podcast. Uh, next week then, obviously we'll have all the reports from these games that are happening over the Halloween weekend. And then we will discuss something truly scary, which is some of the EIHA DOPS decisions. We'll be speaking to Darcy Flanagan, the Oxford City Stars Australian import, who'll be discussing his 10-game ban that he received. Uh, among other things as well, he's going to be telling us how much he's enjoying living in Oxford and uh, and hopefully that he'll want to stay on there as well because they, they are starting to start put things together there now. And I think once Darcy comes back, they'll certainly be, be on the right path. So thank you once again for listening and I'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Spotify for Podcasters. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. You can follow on all the social medias. It's at Zero Pucks Given for YouTube and Facebook, at Zero Pucks Given Podcast for Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, at Zero Pucks Pod on X, and Ben Hyde ZPG on Snapchat. Follow us on all of those, and you will not miss a thing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Social Podcast Network.